Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Washington fans? Welcome to the Burgundy Network podcast, part of the Full Press Coverage Washington Network. This podcast is sponsored by 500 Level, who specializes in officially licensed shirts to help you rep your favorite sports teams and players. Grab your shirt from 500 Level, and there is no doubt it'll be your most complimented shirt. And Brian, the best part is you can save 20% off your whole order by using our code BNP20. That's right. Got my Chase Young shirt in today. Going to break it out for game day on Sunday. Let's go. We need a big game. As always, I'm your host, Josh Taylor, and that is Brian Murphy with the beard. I know you can't see him, but it's there. It's full. It's alive and well. And speaking of full, this week as a Washington fan has been full of just news and headlines, playoffs and strippers and everything you can think of, Ryan. Ugh, everything. Every, we're talking about everything but the, the fact that they could clinch the division on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a crazy week. So, in this episode, we're going to talk. We're going to split up. We're, do it a little different. Usually, we have a guest on, talk the whole time about the matchup. But there's been so much going on. We're going to take about 15, 20 minutes to just talk about everything going on in Washington. We're not going to, you know, beat the dead horse, as they like to say. And then in the second part, we have Carla Gebhardt from Fox 46 Charlotte to represent the Panthers to talk about the matchup. But let's talk about the headlines. First off, Haskins. I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm in the same boat as Ron. I'm done with it. I'm on to Charlotte. But you got to talk about it. You and me haven't talked about it really face-to-face, just quick text and obviously on Twitter. So Haskins today... Was out of practice, got first team reps, got his uh, captain patch removed. That's done. Hopefully it goes to Chase Young. It should. But he still got first team reps, and he was fined $40,000, which is the most so far this season for uh, COVID-related charges. Brian, what's your first reaction to this? Real quick, like I said, we're not going to talk for too long about it because I'm sure we're all fed up with it already. Yeah, it is what it is, and we've seen everybody's thoughts on it on Twitter and all that. But uh, just extremely dumb on Dwayne Haskins' part. Just the fact that where they are in the season, and you know where we are as a society, just to be doing that. Um, and, and mainly, it comes down to protecting his coach, who just came, uh, you know, who just finished battling cancer. I mean, just uh, just really dumb. Uh, honestly, is the, the the first thing that comes to mind. So. I'm glad that it was handled. Uh, I think Ron did a good job today of saying, hey, you know what? It's in the past. We've dealt with it. You know, he's been fined. He's been stripped of the captaincy, like you said. Uh, they're moving on, and so it's time for everybody else to. And so I'm glad that we're – I'm glad that he addressed it, obviously, but I'm also glad that we really are moving on and starting to talk about football, you know, football on the field, not all this craziness. The only thing I was disappointed – obviously, I'm completely disappointed in Haskins um, – I can't stress that enough. But I think there should have been at least a one-game suspension because it was his second offense. That's the only thing I had a problem with. But I trust Ron, whatever he wants to go with. You know, I watched the press conference today. 
him getting fed up with the hashtag questions, good for him. I understand it's the media's job. They're going to ask what's going to get the views, what gets the clicks. And it's the most, you know, important – I mean, not important, but it's the most prominent thing going on right now. So they had to ask the question. Yeah. But, yeah, he he, he, uh, he, he set him straight, and he, he's ready to talk football. Yeah, and then that's just on top of the uh, Dan Snyder story for the Washington Post coming out with the $1.6 kind of, I guess we'll call it the hush – um, but I don't know enough about that to talk too much about it. I'm waiting for more stuff to come out, and I'm sure. And I told someone this the other day. People are like, how come that's not getting talked about as much as Haskins? You know what's sad is that so much things have happened with Dan Snyder. We're just like, okay, it's just another another yeah. nail in the coffin. Like we're numb to it essentially. That surprise effect is gone. At first, it was like, oh, my gosh, all this is coming out. But it's just like, oh, just another one of Snyder's stories. Like, it's just it, – and that's sad to say. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is sad because I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so, well, are Gibson and Smith healthy? Like, I, <laughs> I totally glossed over it when I saw it on my timeline. You're absolutely right. Uh, the one thing I will say is that it seems like in years past that when something like this were to break um, during the week or during the season, it would play nonstop they would take a break for three hours on Sunday or Monday for the game and then go right back at it. So the fact that, you know, not that it's not a big deal, but the fact that they are kind of pushing it to the side and the fact that they are able to focus on football is kind of refreshing. Again, I don't think that it's anything to hush hush or anything like that to not talk about, but the fact that they're the team and everybody else is trying to focus it on to on the field product just says a lot about where the culture has has come from and where it's going and where I, I think it's headed. So I think that um, you know whatever this means for Dan Snyder, I think that more and more of these off the field craziness is just going to finally stop here in these next few years. Thanks to Ron and thanks to 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 Jason Wright. Honestly, those are the two that I looked at at changing this culture. And so to see them starting to do that and see it have its effects already has been kind of refreshing. I will have to say that. Yeah, and we know there's a new culture, and it kind of goes towards Ron with Haskins. Like, you have to set that example. I mean, because, like, people were saying he benched Cam Newton for not wearing a tie one time. Like, that's the coaching. And then same with the front office. The culture changed. Like, when I was talking to Jason, just asking, like, what does that look like? When you say change the culture, what does that look like? What's the end result? What are you trying to get to? And it was just refreshing. Like, you – you feel like this change is coming, but there's just so much junk you have to get rid of. And this is just more junk that's been adding up. So I'm sure we have not heard the end of that. Um, I'm sure more stuff will come out, as sad as that is. Um, and just more details. Like I said, I don't feel comfortable enough just talking about the whole thing. I let the professionals talk about it yeah, because exactly. that's just that's not my area. Um, but... One more thing I wanted to ask you. Something bold Haskins did was uh, reach out to the media and just demanded to talk to them. He wasn't scheduled to talk to them today, but he said, look, I want to talk to them. I want to take questions and deal with it head on. What was your reaction to that? And like, what do you, what do you think about Haskins doing that? I mean, I mean, I guess kudos to him. You know, it is a big deal to, uh, to schedule yourself to be sat down in front of the media, but I just feel like we've seen this so much from him. He just always seems to say the right thing, 
but it's actually doing the right thing. So, like, this just kind of felt empty to me. Like, he should have had to face the media. You know what I mean? Like, this didn't. This doesn't seem like something that. Oh my gosh, that was so spectacular that he did that. So I'm just kind of done with him. Him talking. I need him to, to to back it up with his actions and to back it up with his play. Um, you know, he he said all the right things. He's tweeted out the right things in the off season. He says he's working hard. He says he'll he'll learn from his mistakes both. Uh, on the field and, and then this past weekend, but just go do it. I mean, after a while, it, it doesn't matter what you say. You got to actually start following it up. So I'll, I'll believe it if, if this is the last incident. I'll believe it if, you know, he comes out and he shows that he's matured. I'll, I'll believe it if he comes out and shows that he's going to finally ball out. Like, I, I'll believe it when I see it. So, I mean, I will say kudos to him for sitting down and doing that, but I'm not going to go – above and beyond saying it was something really awesome that he did. I just, I'm kind of done, done with that and with him and kind of his empty words. Yeah. And I watched a couple clips. Um, and it just, I don't know, like you said, it felt empty. It felt like, I mean, kind of like how I expected it to like, I don't know. He was just kind of like, yeah, like it, I'm not going to do it again. And like, it just felt like, I don't know. It felt like he yeah. felt like he had to do it. I know he wanted to, he feels bad about it, but I don't know. To me, it just felt like, I don't, like first of all, you shouldn't have to do that. You just don't do anything to where you have yeah. to get in front of the media like that. But I just didn't come away with like, a, oh, he's going to learn from this. Like he's growing right. kind of thing. It's just like a, you're either born a leader or you're not. Like I hate to say it. Do you, Would you ever expect Chase Young or Terry McLaurin to be partying with strippers Sunday night after the game against Carolina. No, no. And and I saw someone say, you know, he's young and they make mistakes. I'm like, yeah, but Chase Young's younger than him, you know, like yeah. Terry McLaurin's like about the same age and I don't see them doing that. So age isn't a factor. That's not an excuse to me. So yeah, it's just, I don't think he's a leader and that's like that's okay but when you do have that captain's patch and when you're the quarterback you know like the most important position you're going to be looked at differently and he is failing the test currently um so you know I I believe that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take him at his word I believe that he is sorry but you know I'm you know I think he said it it's his last chance I mean I think it's his last chance with the team I think it's his last chance uh with the fans I uh, you know he's got to start showing showing up and, and the thing is is if alex smith plays is he gonna have the chance to like show himself again like he might be done in washington that might be you know his I mean? last snap in washington yeah his the last the last memory we have of him is throwing two picks driving the team down and getting in position to beat seattle but ultimately coming away with the loss and then going and doing that that dumb stuff after the game so I'm not sure he really has the chance to to write his image unless Alex Smith's not able to play. It's it's kind of a it's a weird situation, man. So speaking of that, we'll talk a little bit about that before we get into our interview with Carla. Practice today, um, like I said, Haskins got first team reps, but literally every quarterback got reps today. Taylor Heineke was out there, Montez was out there. Um, I don't think Alex really practiced like he was there. Yeah, that's I what he I heard like too. Doing yeah. some stretching, uh, but didn't really do any practices or anything like that. Uh, one thing that's concerning to me, Terry not practicing today. Um, he's been hurt the last like what three weeks, but he's played every single game. Um, Cole Holcomb also did not practice, and then limited today. A good little list. 
Morgan Moses, Wes Schweitzer, Alex Smith, as we said, uh, KPL, Pierre Lewis, and the one I feel good about, Antonio Gibson. That's right. Taking some reps. Didn't do a lot. Like I said, he was limited. But how confident are you that Gibson will play on Sunday? Man, I, I tweeted this out. I just have a feeling that both of those guys are going to play. I think we talked about it a little bit. I think they're two guys that just cannot stand the fact that they're having to sit on the sideline. And it probably is killing them that they had to do it for however many games. It's you know one game for Alex and then you know two full games for Antonio Gibson. I feel like it's killing them. Um, so I really, I really do. I think that Gibson is going to play. I think it, that he'll, he'll be out there, and I guess that jumps into I, I think Alex Smith plays too, and I think he had a media session. He said his plan is to play. I mean, I think yep. every player is going to say that, but it sounds like uh, he really is gearing up to play. It kind of, you know, it, it sounds like he's working his way up. Like he'll probably do a little bit more tomorrow and then a little bit more even then on uh, Friday. So I think they both play, and, um, man, that would be a huge boost for this team. One thing I saw, I was on uh, Washington's Instagram story, and I saw uh, J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson walking out to practice, and they were goofing around, and I saw Antonio Gibson slap J.D. in the back of the head, which I thought was funny. I don't know what it was about. And then he ran off as J.D. tried to swing at him. So he kind of ran off, which made me think, oh, maybe you know he's feeling good. You got that I'm not going to put too much stock into a little, you know, like five second clip, but I thought it was a good sign that he was kind of in a good mood, maybe thinking, oh, I'm getting better. He's optimistic um, about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I really am. I'm optimistic. I think with this team, you know, it's like a shark. They smell blood in the water. They realize they can do this this weekend. And uh, I think they're going to have some guys kind of gut through it. Um, Terry did make me nervous because he's been dealing with the ankle, but I think he'll be out there. I assume it was just a day off for him. Yeah, I think, like you said, Alex said he fully expects to play. He said he's going to do everything it takes to get out there on Sunday. Um, so to me, like after he said that, like, that makes sense to where he was so limited today. I think he'll do more tomorrow, um, possibly get first-team reps tomorrow. Um, that's where the biggest question mark is, like what does the rest of the week look like practice-wise? So that's something for us to keep an eye on. But just having Gibson back is going to help either Smith or Haskins. Oh, yeah. Tremendously. I mean, I can't express how much having Gibson in a run game helps out both of those guys in general. If Gibson plays last week against Seattle, I think we win that game. I think we win by at least a touchdown. Um, so I feel like Carolina, which we're going to talk about them and what makes them an interesting matchup, but just what Gibson brings, that touchdown factor, we talk about how he's leading like offensive rookies, especially running backs, with touchdowns, we need that. Yeah, We need to finish drives. He's been the home run guy for us, whether it's against the Cowboys. Just, we need Gibson. This offense seems like it's going to start revolving around him. It helps to have Alex Smith, who just doesn't give games away, win games. But like you said, this is a must-win game. Carolina, coming to Washington, First game, Ron Cena's old team. And here is our interview with Carla to talk about the Panthers and the Washington football team. Joining us today from Fox 46 Charlotte, we have Carla Gebhart representing the Carolina Panthers. Carla, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. We're excited to, to be on tonight and excited for 
another game to see if the Panthers can add to their the winning column because they've uh, certainly added to the loss column so far this season. <laughs> it's definitely been a crazy season for both teams. Um, injuries on your side and then everything else in the world on our end. Uh, yep. So first thing I wanted to ask you, obviously this is Ron's first game against his former team. What kind of legacy and impact did Ron leave on Charlotte? Oh, huge. I mean, I think everybody that you talk to that's kept up with the Carolina Panthers while he was here, um, I mean, they still talk about him. They still love him. Uh, I think the feeling is mutual, too, with Cam Newton a little bit. I think people kind of still keep up with him and what he's doing on a different team. And I think people just really loved Ron so much that – you know, they want to see him do well. So I'm sure there's several fans that have been pulling for him. And then, um, I mean, I know we've still covered him. And um, I know that he's been going through a lot, you know, with his cancer diagnosis this season and stuff. And everybody here has just been um, very concerned about him and wishing him well. So, yeah, he definitely left a legacy because, you know, some coaches that decide to leave their teams uh, don't, have that you know nice parting gift with fans like they were just like good riddance but uh he definitely holds a special place too i think in a lot of carolina panthers fans hearts yeah we we've already seen in washington that you know i think i can speak for josh and most fans that we love him already i mean just in his what 10 11 months on the job all that he's had to go through you mentioned the cancer changing the name and all that just how he carries himself has been so incredible so it's been awesome to see that and I always respected him you know from afar but now that he's on our team it's it's really awesome yeah Uh, and the the players seem to love him too you know like they still um I think they just gravitate to his personality so he's obviously a player's coach yeah absolutely well speaking of coaches uh the Panthers obviously now have a new coach and Matt Rule how has that been how has he been received in Carolina? You know, it's been kind of a tough year. We mentioned the injuries already, but how has Matt Rule's first season been so far? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I think logistically he's doing things to build a program that will have success in the future. I think he's a big culture guy, and if you ever listen to him, I mean, even if you listen to him when he was at Temple – or at Baylor, that was how he changed those programs kind of from the inside out, from the mentality of the players, and then, you know, doing their job and the physical aspects of that. So he's he's definitely got got what it takes, but again, just all of the elements of the 2020 season, all the players getting injured, I mean, that certainly hasn't helped things. I think they still have a lot to figure out. They've made a lot of uh, first-year head coaching um, mistakes, especially coming from a college, you know, sometimes you just, it's very hard to see a coach go from college success in college to, um, success in the NFL. I, I think he will, I think he will have success here. Um, it's obviously not going to come this year. Um, but so far we like him. I mean, I don't think anybody's like upset about the hire of Matt rule. And, and again, the players do like him and, um, I think he's building something, but he definitely needs some more time to kind of get things going this season. So you talk about changes, obviously off the field, uh, recently let your GM go with Marty Herney, possibly coming to Washington with Ron. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Cause yeah. we do have an open spot. Um, but on the field, we talked about Christian McCaffrey and him being out, obviously, Probably the number one running back in the league. You can argue that. 
Um, but what has the team's identity really been like with him off the field with injuries? Um, the identity has been, and, and mainly this comes from Coach Matt Rule, and you hear it in, the, in a lot of the guys' pressers during the week, but it's just the next man mentality. And I think that's kind of what we've seen from Mike Davis. I mean, Mike Davis is certainly not a bad player, but he's just, when you're in, when you're comparing yourself to the best running back in the yeah. league, like you're, you that's don't really shoot. have a shot. Yeah, yes. you don't have a, a shot at like filling those shoes completely. But I mean, I think he's done a good job with what he's been given. And, um, you know, sometimes he's been in a backup role for, for quite some time in the NFL now. And so I think to actually have to go out and be the starter for most of the season. I mean, we've only seen McCaffrey three times this season, which is crazy. And Mike Davis just passed him. It was either last game or the game before. I can't quite remember. He just passed McCaffrey this season for most touchdowns on the team. And wow. McCaffrey's played in three games, which Gosh. is just insane. Um, when you're when you're talking about those statistics but yeah I mean we certainly miss McCaffrey Um, I think it probably would have made a difference but also in the first two games of the season they lost and they had him so you know I mean but that was just a lot of um, the Panthers figuring out things to start the season Um, but yeah it would be nice to have him back but I'm kind of in the mentality at that this at this point in the season he's kind of re-injured you know, his, his quad, he injured his um, shoulder against the chiefs. I'm kind of like, just let him rest. Let's just get him back healthy next year. Yeah. Like, let's not worry about this season. Although the Panthers and coach rule have been pretty vocal about if he's ready to go, they want to play him, which I get, I get the, you have to say that as a coach, right? Right, Like you have, you can't, you can't say like, I'm not going to play a guy. Um, But yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just under the mentality, let's not hurt him anymore, and let's make sure we have him for next season. <laughs> so speaking of McCaffrey being out, they said he's not expected to go this Sunday. Another big name, Brian Burns, who has just been a defensive force since he got drafted. One of Ron's guys, so you're welcome. What's yes. <laughs> Brian Burns been like, and how big is of a loss is that on defense? Oh, it's huge. Spidey Burns, Spider Burns, like for all of his celebrations. But yeah, I, I he heard is... that. So, uh, so as an outsider, what, I, yeah, what I heard that? that, but I did. I don't know what that means. You know, because I just started covering the team this year. I'm assuming it just like is because of like all of his celebrations. Like oh, if you ever okay. watch him, he does the Spider Man. Um, I don't even know what you call that. Yeah, like and he like gets down, yeah, bends down and and shows that. But yeah, that's where I I'm assuming that's where that came from unless it was something that he showcased earlier in his career and I missed that. Um but yeah, he is so good. Um we were a little disappointed that he didn't get any mention in the Pro Bowl. Um but when your team's 4 and 10, you know, that's probably going to going to hurt your chances there. But yeah, he's so good. It's definitely going to be um a loss to not have him in this game. Um, he is such a smart player. If you, if you actually like just ever watch him, he's so aware of what's going on on the defensive side that he, it's almost like he, he knows where it's going before it even happens. And that, and that comes from his preparation. So yeah, that's certainly going to hurt us, um, this week. He, I guess he injured his knee last game he said it was more of a tweak and that he was feeling well, but then he wasn't um, at practice. He didn't practice today. So I think maybe they're just probably being more cautious. I know he doesn't have to have surgery on that knee. So that's a good thing. So maybe, I don't know if we'll see him back before the end of the season or not, but yeah, definitely a loss on the defensive side. Yeah. Eight sacks and three forced fumbles in the year. 
That's crazy. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> good news for Washington. Whoever's yes. that quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. Uh, I know that people are talking about Montez Sweat, wishing we had uh, Burns for a while there when Sweat wasn't oh, producing. Yeah. So he, he's legit. He's a he's becoming a household name. But speaking of uh, guys that we love, like I said, I love Ron. You know, even from afar. But that's that goes for Teddy Bridgewater. I've always appreciated him and. Um, Kind of, kind of like an Alex Smith type story. He had he blew up his knee sure. and then you know came back, backed up Drew Brees, and now finally got his chance to start in Carolina. What's it like? Uh, what's it been like having him this season, and how much has he meant to this team? Yeah, I mean, I think um, as far as a leader, um, the guy in the locker room, I think they all really respect him. Teddy's had an interesting, an interesting season. Everybody, I th- I don't think anybody doesn't respect his story, his comeback story. I mean, I remember when he got injured mm-hmm. in Minnesota, and I was like, he's probably never going to play again. Just like, you know, Alex Smith when he saw right. that injury. But um, he started out better than he has been as of late. Like, and, I mean, he, we, the Panthers' problem the last eight games or so have been the fact that they cannot finish. They, they're never out of the game. So yeah. even if, I don't know if Washington gets ahead early or, or I don't know how, how the storyline shakes out on Sunday, but we haven't, like, we're always in it. And we always fight back no matter how down we are. But then when, if it comes down to like the last two minutes, we have not been able to close out. Like Teddy is 0 and 8 on game winning, like drives or like the last possession this season. Um, and I think over the course of time when you have that same storyline every week, and I mean, we pound it too, like that's the same storyline that we talk about every mm-hmm. week. But when he's hearing that, and I'm sure he does hear it, I think it, you know, that has to hurt your confidence a little bit. And I think, you know, this is his first time really being at the helm of an offense for the whole season. And so um, I just think he's he, he's playing now like he's scared to make a mistake. And I, you, we see that with a lot of, like, check down passes. Um, he doesn't throw the ball deep many times. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe that's just this season. And maybe – I mean, honestly, this whole I've, – I've said this in sports all season, too. It's like – no matter how whatever team you're following, if they're having a weird year, it's 2020. Like right. I just I'm chalking it up to to, to yeah. that and and the fact that they didn't really have like a good um a good preseason OTAs all of that. So I think I say I'm probably on the nicer side of it and say like give him an off season to prepare to really figure out how he wants to you know run. Um, help run the offense but at the same time people are already like hitting the panic mode in Carolina and are like we need to go ahead and draft a quarterback which I get on the safe side I think people are just kind of seeing that Teddy might not be the guy in five years you know like he might not be a long-term guy Um, I would certainly love to see him be the long-term guy I mean he's a guy that you can't help you know if you're in the media you can't help but love and respect him and and want to, and want him to do well but yeah it's just been kind of a, a strange season and like I said the Panthers have shown they've had games where he's shown such great potential and then they've had games where it's just been terrible <laughs> yeah well, well it's kind of funny looking at the parallels between Washington and Carolina obviously now 
we have Ron Rivera, but the two quarterbacks with a crazy injury history. Yeah. Not sure what they're doing in the front office. Two new coaches. I mean, there's a lot of similarities <laughs> here. We got it all. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah, now exactly. we're trending upward and we're trending down. <laughs> yeah, I think we're. I think we're. I think Washington's benefiting from a bad division because I think, oh, yeah. you know, pretty easily it could be going the other way. Had a couple of games gone differently and had they been in a more com, you know, competitive division. But yeah. Uh, it's interesting kind of seeing those parallels. Yeah, yeah NFC definitely. East and NFC South, completely different. Yeah, yeah, Saints, just a little bit. Bucks, the East has been uh, a little comical this year, I will <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> just taking us. advantage of everybody else being terrible. Um, but speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, one thing that was uh, stood out to me was, you know, Brian kind of said he's been a guy who's had turnover history in the past, but he's only got 10 total turnovers this season, so not not terrible. He's not really losing games too much. He's just not winning them. Um, But one stat that I found was there's only two teams in the NFL that have a wide receiver duo in the top 15, Mm -hmm. and that's Kansas City with Kelsey and Hill, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you got Carolina with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, both over 1,000 yards a season. Oh, yeah. They've been very good um, this season, and uh, which has been interesting. I mean, I I know Robbie Anderson uh, wasn't – terrible in his previous career but i feel like it just kind of took the right yeah it was, of course but it took <laughs> the right fit for him and matt rule coached him in college um so he was a, a temple guy yeah actually if you look at our roster and look at we have a lot of temple ties <laughs> like a, um yeah so pj walker our backup quarterback like all of those guys are temple guys which i think matt rule is i mean i get it it's probably from being coaching in the college you just have you know, your guys that you want to, you know what they're about, you know, you don't have, there's no guessing um, work with that. But yeah, so he, I think it just kind of take, took having like the right fit for Robbie Anderson to do well. And then DJ Moore is just, is really good. And we've also had like Curtis Samuel, obviously he's not in the statistics that you listed, but he's been really good because he's such a versatile player. We've used him as a running back and a wide receiver this season, which has kind of helped, um, you know, just have that third guy out there. But, yeah, yeah, they're really, really good players. Um, just if, you know, we can get, get the ball to them. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Samuel's almost at 700 yards too. So mm-hmm. that that's a lot of firepower on in the wide receiver, which we are missing currently in Washington. So if you want to send one of them over, that's yeah. fine with us. <laughs> I wanted Hopefully Robbie Anderson. Curtis. Hopefully we pay Curtis to keep him after the season because I see him. He's kind of one of those guys that, um, yeah, he has the yardage, but he just makes a difference when he's on the field. Like he's he blocks really well, which you don't really talk a lot about with wide receivers much, and he just kind of gives them that extra oomph on the offense, even if he's not the one catching the ball. Like they play better when he's on the field. So I, I do hope that Carolina pays him and keeps him around. But if not, then, you know, I'm sure Ron would be love, yeah, <laughs> lucky exactly. to have him too. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take any of those three. I'm fine with you. Terry, <laughs> yeah. Terry needs some help as soon as possible. Right. Uh, so someone in Carolina that I'm a fan of, Jeremy Chin, small school guy, um, one of our guys we have on often, um, Adam, evaluated Jeremy Chin a long time ago, said he was going to be NFL stud. Mm-hmm. He's been great his first year. He's one of my underrated guys in the league. I think he'll have a great career in Carolina. Yes. Who, is, who is your one player on defense or offense that is underrated in the Carolina fan base that Washington should watch out for? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, 
I just want to comment too on Jeremy Chin. He is stellar, and I love that he's from a small school too. Because obviously, you know, Brian, we went to Georgia Southern, and so That's back right. when they were smaller, and you, just those those, I feel like players that go to smaller schools and they might get overlooked. They play harder, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as other players, though, that one kind of throws me off a little bit. Um, Mainly because I feel like anybody that I would list that might be a little underrated is probably also on the injury list right now, oh. too. So, yeah. so we'll go with um, Jeremy Chin. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Jeremy Chin is a like a stellar player. And I'm honestly, you know, it's kind of interesting, too, playing Washington because I, I don't think he'll get Defensive Rookie of the Year, but a lot of people here think that he should um, just because he has played um, – played really well and he's really fun to watch and he is just one of those too like he just doesn't play like a rookie um and his preparation i would say is probably right there along with brian burns just there they have the football smarts which you know obviously makes a difference when you also have um the the physical talent to go with that um go ahead i was gonna say uh Jeremy Chin, I think he, you know, that the two touchdowns kind of single-handedly kept the yeah. Minnesota Within game. Within 10 pretty... seconds of each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, it was unreal. Ridiculous. So we know that we've talked about the parallels, the connections, Ron from Carolina to Washington. I'm just curious, being in Charlotte, kind of what is your thoughts or what are the thoughts in Charlotte of Washington from a national perspective? What do they think about the Washington football team and do we even come up on the radar there? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say we talk about Washington. I'll be honest, I think we've talked about Washington the most, being in the NFC East and how bad the conference is. Um, And we also talk about um, them being the football team because every time we have to mention Washington, we're just, like, still not used to um, to the change. But uh, we're just, yeah. So I feel like those are two things that we always mention. But, again, everybody still does keep up with Ron Rivera. and any of the guys that he brought over. But um, I think there's there's definitely a level of respect for that because he is, you know, I think people here are actually calling this the Ron Rivera Bowl. <laughs> so, nice, I like that. Yeah, so um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of Panther fans watching. Um, I mean, regardless, because Carolina's playing, but I think there's probably going to be even more making sure that they watch the game just because it is against Ron Rivera and they kind of want to see what happens there. Um, And then I would say too, that, I mean, we've noticed that Washington has trended upward, like I was saying earlier, um, just with the results and um, being the team to to beat the Steelers, although the Steelers haven't looked (laughs) that great. (laughs) I think we broke them. Yeah, I think you did. I think you broke them as well. Um, but yeah, I think um, this will definitely be an exciting game. There'll be a lot of storylines that we'll also cover. Just being that you know we're familiar, it feels it feels like we're more familiar with this team just because of who the coach is. So, Carla, one thing we do on our show is we don't just do predictions; we do headlines. So Monday morning, the game's over. You wake up. What are you talking about on the news? And more importantly, what's that headline on the newspaper say about this matchup? 
So this is, I don't want to like make enemies here uh, in the Carolinas, but I do have a feeling that it's probably going to be something about the fact that Ron Rivera gets a win over his former team. Or maybe like a funny headline would be that Ron Rivera proves that he wasn't the problem. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) That would be kind of funny. Um, But I, I do see Washington, like I'll have to make a pick this weekend on our show as well. And um, on Black and Blue Kickoff Live, which is we air that here in the Carolinas on Sunday mornings before the game. And I think I'll probably go with Washington this week too. Um, again, just based off of there's only two games left in the season. Um, I think the Panthers are doing all they can to keep the mentality, the, the focus on finishing out the season strong, but you can only do so much when you've literally lost like all these games at the end right. and you've got all these injuries. I think there has to be part, you know, deep inside some of these players that just is ready for the, se- the season to be over. Um, but again, this Carolina team is super gritty. They do fight. So, like I said, no matter what is going on in this game, definitely look for them to not give up. Um, Now, if they get out to a a hefty lead, then that's a good thing for the Panthers. Um, But if they get behind it all, don't, you know, the game's not over, I would say, is that that would be what just based on watching the Panthers this season, they're just never going to be out of it completely. I think we've only been out of like one game this season where they just kind of put us away. But other than that, we've been right there um, with the other teams. So Washington is the second half team. So that sounds good to me. I'll take it. We, just <laughs> we don't haven't show up put in the together a full four quarters. So I'm not sure what Panthers team will show up in what, cu- what quarter. Um, so that will be interesting. I feel like we always have like a tell of two halves where they either play really good in one half or really good in one quarter. And then the rest is just, terrible so <laughs> You've lost definitely be on the lookout for two, there's the two Washington. games where you lost one possession to the Chiefs and the Packers oh yeah yeah I mean not definitely really good teams I mean I, I think they do get caught up in playing up to their competition sometimes but um yeah I think the Buccaneers the second time that we played them that was really the only game that we got just put out <laughs> in so yeah, I can see this game somehow being like Carolina up two touchdowns, Washington up two touchdowns, something like that in the first half, or it being like 0-0 at halftime, just the way <laughs> these two teams do it sometimes. Yeah. Right? It's, just, it's very strange. Cause and like and our saying, defense keeps us in the games. I mean, yeah. it is definitely not the offense. I mean, the offense maybe does just enough, but like, I, like you said earlier, they're – the offense isn't winning games and that's kind of like, they're not losing them, but they're, they're not helping the defense out. The defense has been like belling the offense out every week, which is exactly what we saw in the Vikings game earlier. (laughs) I mean, they scored just as many touchdowns as the offense did. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting. I definitely think it's going to be a closer game. I don't really see what, like I don't see us getting blown out by any means. So that sounds just like Washington, the defense, yeah, exactly. bailing out the offense <laughs> every single game. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Brian, what is your headline Monday morning? Uh, I think uh, I think Washington clinches the NFC East. I, I don't think the Giants beat the Ravens, and I think that they do just enough against Carolina to, to get the win. I think Ron has a little bit extra motivation playing his former team. He's probably not going to say it. I mean, that's just the mm-hmm. kind of guy he is, but I think that there is some motivation there that he won't. He won't admit it, but I think it'll feel pretty good. 
Um, and I think they're just kind of hungry. Um, but I think, like Carla was saying, I think it's going to be a super close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or another. I think both these teams are pretty evenly matched on the defensive side of the ball, and they'll they'll both both defenses will keep them in the game. So but I do think Washington comes out on top, and they're celebrating a uh, 500 or below division title. Uh, that's kind of Ron. That's kind of Ron's Crazy. specialty. That's kind of Ron's specialty. He yeah. did that, I think, at least once in yeah. Carolina. So. Uh, he, he's he's no stranger to getting the division title without having a winning record. Yeah, that's it's just crazy. But I mean, we kind of knew that was going to happen, you know, yeah. just following the NFC East that it wasn't going to be a pretty. And there's going to be teams left out of the playoffs that have more wins. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. What What about you, Josh? So I'm going to answer mine by answering a question that um, our guy Eddie asked on Twitter. He said, "How do you see this defense matching up against DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson?" Do we get to Bridgewater early enough to disrupt what they want to do through the air? If you don't contain those two guys, like I said, the duos over the 1,000-yard mark, it can get ugly. Um, But I do think our front four, uh, if if KPL and if Cole Holcomb come back, that will be huge for us. But I think not really being too worried about the run game. I hate to say it. Obviously, McCaffrey's not playing. That puts a lot on Teddy's shoulders. I think our defense can get to him early and often, um, and that can cause some turnovers. But Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore can take the top off the defense in a heartbeat. Right. So uh, yeah. if you let them get away with it, they will. But I think I think we win a close one. I think this is going to be one of those emotional ones where it's at the end of the game. It's going to be like a strip sack. Chase Young seals it. I'd say like <laughs> 24-17. But I agree with you. The NFC East clinched on Sunday. And Carla... Good luck to you. If you want to give out your Twitter handle so everyone on Twitter can give you a follow. Sure. Yeah, it's at Carla Fox 46. So pretty simple. Just my first name with Fox 46. She's a good and follow. She stuck up for Coastal Carolina where I went to school. They should yes. be in the New Year's Six Bowl. I'm glad you agreed with me. Yes, they have been a really fun team to watch. And, and we've covered them a lot this season just because we are in the Carolinas. But yeah, I'm very impressed by the season that Jamie Chadwell's put together. Yeah, Grayson and, and, McCall is one of my guys. Go ahead. And more importantly, you already mentioned Georgia Southern. How about that big, uh, <laughs> that big bowl victory? I was glad to see that. Yeah, what was it? The final, like thirty-eight to three. I'm like, yeah. I'm glad they ended the season that way. Because um, yeah, they've had some disappointing losses this season too. But yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll have to talk off air. Uh, I don't think there are a lot of Washington football and Georgia Southern. Yeah, overlap, it's probably not. That doesn't overlap too much. I'll, I'll have to hear your thoughts on uh, Georgia Southern because uh, yeah, like like she said, we go way back. But Carla, thank you so much for joining us yeah, and uh, for me, looking guys. forward to this game. Absolutely, yeah, good luck absolutely. to you, and we will thank see you. y'all Sunday after the game. Hopefully, NFC East winners. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.